Welcome to the Benito Juarez Experience. I am UM Navarro Rivera. And I am Luciano Joshua Gonzalez. And today we are discussing, continuing our discussion of Hispanic Heritage Month. And in this episode, we are going to focus on a project called Secular Latinx Stories. Uh, uh, but before we get in depth into this sh into this episode and today's topic, I want to remind you all uh, that, uh, consistent with my 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 introductory message last week in in last week episodes, and I think until this whole situation is resolved, uh, please remember to if you have time or you have money or you have things to contribute to the relief efforts in Puerto Rico and in Mexico. Uh, not only, well, because, you know, they're very nice places, which I am related to both, uh, but also, you know, because certainly, especially the Puerto Rico response has been butchered by the current administration, which comes to no surprise. But anyhow, uh, just remember, uh, Free has a list of resources, uh, the Hispanic American Freethinkers. I posted them in the, I'm going to post them in the, uh, uh, in the pages note for this episode and uh and now with uh, a little bit of an announcement that luciano has about today's special day today the day that we are recording this podcast obviously not the same day that it's going to be released is international blasphemy day and international blasphemy day is it's it's a special day for particularly for politically and activistically active non-believers, but it's a day that should be celebrated more widely by lots of people independent of their religious beliefs. But International Blasphemy Day is it's on its eighth year right now, because it's 2017. It was founded in 2009 by the Center for Inquiry, and there are a few different things I want to talk about, so that way people know a little bit more about this particular, I guess, holiday, cultural celebration. And it was founded in 2009 by the Center for Inquiry. It was due to a student who uh, spoke with the Center for Inquiry in Amherst, New York. And the whole purpose of it is to encourage people to, the whole purpose of it is to encourage people to openly challenge and criticize religion. Because religion, at the very least, when it's also politically protected, can be very dangerous and can be very oppressive. The reason why it's celebrated on September 30th is that 12 years ago, there was an event called the Jillens Poston Muhammad Cartoons Controversy, which was when a Danish newspaper published 12 editorial cartoons on September 30th, many of which depicted Muhammad, which is, as many people know, forbidden in Islam. And that reaction that it provoked was very intense. It was very violent. There were people who died in multiple Muslim countries, and there were violent protests in numerous countries that are politically and religiously controlled by conservative Islam. So it's very important that people take that into consideration. I know a few other writers, including myself, have talked about today, and we have talked about it in various aspects. Earlier today, I wrote and published an article talking about the need for people to challenge conservative Christianity as well as conservative Islam by linking them back to Latin America during the colonial period. But yeah, that's just a little bit of information on International Blasphemy Day, and I hope that you guys can stay safe and celebrate it wherever you may be. Or in my case, I call it Saturday afternoon, given that I 
probably blaspheme once an hour at least. Uh, I, I it's kind of like you know instead of praying five times a day, I kind of like blaspheme once an hour. Uh, but yeah, I actually I remember vaguely, but I'm not very good at following holidays either way, either when they're Christian or they're secular. <laughs> Uh, so thank you for for that particular reminder, and remember, atheist, you don't you know blasphemy also includes uh, challenging at this point challenging Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins apparently is blasphemy for some, so feel free to do that as well. And now to our schedule show. Uh, so with us today uh, talking about secular Latinx histories is a very special guest. It's probably breaking records of travel to be on this show. It's actually recording next to me. And with us is Dr. Jasmine Trejo, who is a gratis research scholar at El Instituto at the University of Connecticut. Uh, she is also a member, a board member of Hispanic American Freethinkers, Hafri, along with our dear co-host here, Luciano. And she has done a lot of work on not just on secularism, but also work on political knowledge in Mexico and the United States. She has a PhD in political science from UConn. And of course, uh, she has been my co-author on many papers, conference papers, book chapters, and a, and a son. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, welcome to the Benito Juarez experience, Dr. Trejo. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. Thank you, uh, Luciano. And please call me Jasmine. <laughs> I call her Dr. Trejo at home. But... <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but no, thank you for inviting me. I, I've been looking forward for um, talking to you guys more about this uh, project that started out of curiosity um, in relationship to my uh, secular identity or known identity. And as Juem just told you, the name of the project is Secular Latinx Stories. And basically, um, after, uh, in Spanish, we use more often the word uh, laico, or, or at least growing up in Mexico, laico versus uh, secular or secularism. So uh, at the beginning, when I first moved to the United States, I was a little bit confused about, uh, you know, when I was having conversations with Juem about what uh, secularism meant. And then although uh, secularism and, 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 and laicidad are not um, exactly the same concepts, um, I started to ask uh, myself several questions like, uh, where are other uh, Latinos like us who are non-believers uh, and Latinas? And also, uh, where is our history? Uh, uh, who are our role models? No, because I was um, looking into all these important uh, figures for the secular movement in the United States, but I knew, for example, that uh, others in, in Latin America, and I, and I wanted to know uh, for, from other uh, thinkers also in in the United States, who were talking to directly to us as Latinas and Latinos. Uh, so that's how this uh, project uh, 
started uh, out of curiosity and basically I would like to learn more about, um, as I told you, historical figures, events, but also historical events and current events, but also about um, um, personal stories from people like us, like how they chose uh, to become uh, atheists, agnostics, or non-believers in general. I think that that's a really good project to be doing. I know that there have been there have been similar but less concentrated efforts that I've been made aware of relatively recently. As one of the admins for the Secular Latino Alliance, we actually had a project where we wanted to collect and eventually publish something more or less along the same lines we wanted, but not like we didn't want to see like particularly influential individuals. We just wanted to talk to people from both the United States and Latin America who um, wanted to talk to people who are members of the Secular Latino Alliance and who wanted to share their stories and were willing to have them published. So that way we could demystify what it meant to be an atheist and the process by which someone who is Hispanic eventually becomes an atheist. And I think that's great because obviously this is an enormous project. It cannot be done by only one person. So the way I uh, think about it is as a community effort project because basically you have three layers. First, you have like you know the public figures either from um, from now or from the past. You have the events, but also you have the personal stories. Not that I would like to learn more, and um, so I'm happy to learn that there are you know uh, overlapping efforts because I think uh, we can all contribute to in a way rescue our secular history. And I think that's something very important. I mean, one of the you know, we, we have these conversations many times, and I actually have not only with Luciano here in the podcast, but also at home. Uh, and I have mentioned this several times in in, in some of my more recent talks uh, about the fact that you know I am not the first Latino atheist in history, uh, and that you know the, the, there is a there's a history there to be rescued. So we you know we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Uh, oh, and also to have resources for, you know, people who are on the fence, who who are having doubts about religion, so they can they can find these resources more easily, uh, and more readily, and and so that that's one part of it, and and I think particularly the the historical part is one of the ones that I'm really glad that 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 Jazz kind of like have been looking at, uh, because it's. You know the, the Secular Latino Alliance project, as you mentioned it, and it kind of looks a little bit like openly secular, which I think is a very important project in terms of showing that non-religious Americans are everyday people. Uh, but at the same, and and so it, it's a very important like that open secularism uh, phasing of it. But I also think it's it's in a way very important to show that, you know, there were thinkers either in Latin America, either among like even community leaders in, Latin, in Latino communities in the United States, uh, or even in Spain, which has this whole history of anti-clericalism that was exported to, to many places. Uh, 
that we can see that, you know, Richard Dawkins didn't invent atheism uh, and that we don't owe it to him. Uh, that, you know, there have been perfectly rational individuals before that uh, and that, you know, they are not all British old dudes. I wanted, I wanted to ask you, what sorts of stories, can you give us any interesting examples of the sorts of things that you've come across so far in your research? Yes. Actually, we're going to start with um, Benito Juarez. <laughs> that is the name of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Our yeah, patron saint. Yeah, patron saint. So, um, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I came across uh, this book that puts together all the letters from Benito Juarez. And it was written by a, by a historian. And... For me, it has been fascinating because I'm not a historian, I'm a political scientist, but I, I, I really like, uh, you know, once you are into a research project, I think it becomes uh, your passion. So in these letters, um, uh, Benito Juarez basically e explains his thoughts and views on the separation of church and state. But something that, and, and then also... Um, in a way, the way uh, I remember uh, the Benito Juarez of uh, growing up in Mexico City was that it was very this very important figure for uh, you know the, uh, for for defending the the, um, the separation of church and state, but uh, also to have uh, public schools. Uh, like secular public schools. But what I didn't know is that he had also a close relationship with uh, with the church. And several times he, uh, as a governor of, of, of the state of Oaxaca, he tried to uh, to persuade them to to do certain things. So that's the first thing that I, that I found uh, very interesting. The second thing is that during the uh, French uh, invasions in the 1800s, uh, to Mexico, uh, Benito Suarez's family had to move to the United States, uh, specifically to New York. So there are several letters uh, published by, um, well, that 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 her uh, that her wife Margarita Massa de Juarez sent to him, and basically explaining to him uh, what it was to live in the New York City of that era. They were not uh, welcome as diplomats or anything, but I I felt like the story, the letters that she's sending to Benito Juarez are more related to the Latino experience of that day and, and her concerns about, you know, her kids accessing uh, public schools, uh, the difficulties with the language, and I didn't know that um, uh, one of the well, one of the daughters of Anito Juarez was married to um, to a Cuban activist uh, by that time, uh, very very important, and 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 so so that was also fascinating uh, to me. So that's what I have found about um, Benito Juarez and. And I, I would like to, uh, you know, during, during the five-minute, uh, yes, capsules that uh, I may be uh, participating with you guys, I would like to talk more about the, the letters and, and the content of them. I think that'd be really awesome. I always find it especially interesting. I, I, 
I know of a Honduran general who's named Francisco Marasan, who was a very interesting mm-hmm. character and who didn't quite fight against the church, but he was characterized as a he was characterized as a super liberal by his opponents. And I know that there are people who believe that there were uh, that there were characters who wanted to frame him as someone who was skeptical of religion. Although, unfortunately, there's no really hard evidence of this. But he is one of the characters in the Federal Republic of the Central American of the Central American States, who was instrumental in creating things like freedom of religion and freedom of the press and freedom of speech. And oftentimes, such figures are characterized by their opponents as people who aren't particularly Christian. And that's what I want to learn, uh, Luciano. Thanks for mentioning um the general uh, Marasan, Francisco Marasan, because that's what I want, like people to to contribute, you know, with names or pieces of knowledge that they know from uh, from history or even from current events and how they inform their their secularism or even humanism, and and that I don't know, like I am not like an expert on this, but I I want uh, to learn more about what is. Um, what was happening, for example, in Latin America and even in the United States. So, for example, another uh, another thing that I've been uh, reading lately is I, I was looking into what happened to to secular um, women no? in, uh, or secular Latina women, and I I don't exactly I didn't exactly find like a, a, a Latina secular woman so far like a historical uh, in 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 the historical uh, perspective but i i i found this um this woman she's she was a poet her name is rosario acuña uh, she was from uh, spain and she used to write to this newspaper called uh, los los dominicales de libre pensamiento from 1950 to 1923, and I was surprised because I uh, uh, I didn't know first of all that this newsletter existed, and, and it's not like a, how do you call it? like um, a newspaper that is published every every like a weekly a weekly a weekly okay so it was this weekly um, publication dedicated only to free thinkers, and they they. You know, they, they cover a lot of uh, interesting topics, and it's pub- it's available uh, from a from a library in in Spain. And then I discovered that she started to Excuse to write. Me. When you yes. say available, is that you can read publicly. it online? You can, yeah, you okay. can you can read it online. It's publicly available. You can access and see all the all the numbers from every week from 1850 to 1923. So everything is in there. And she actually started to um, to to publish, or, or she learned about the the dominicales um, after um, I don't know she was buying something in Madrid or, or Barcelona. I don't exactly remember. And somebody grabbed one of uh, of the uh, things that she uh, that she bought uh, on one of the of the newsletters papers. And that's how she she uncovered that the Dominicales of Libre Pensamiento uh, existed, and and she has, for example, her second article her second article published in that uh, and 
newsletter is only dedicated to atheism. And it was for me fascinating to find that. That sounds really cool. I, if you ever find anything on female, on female Hispanic atheists, that would be really awesome because even as a historian, I don't know of a single, I'm, I'm sure that they exist, but for a variety of reasons, I can understand why it'd be really difficult to find something about female, about Latina atheists as opposed to Latino atheists who are historical figures. I can think of a few examples of women who fought against religious tyranny, but in many cases they were believers, whether they were Jewish or Christian, who just had difficulties uh, who just had difficulties working within a system that is designed almost inherently to keep them oppressed. Yeah, exactly. I am also looking forward to, to find um, some of those women writing or, or even, you know, also like in pop culture, like uh, um are there movie directors or you know actors working on this or books, music? We don't know. I think there are so many resources available that we can look on onto. Um, and I think that's so far what I have. Um, I mean, we can also talk about Guillermo del Toro, but um, as part of the pop culture. But that's so far what I have. No, I think you know it, it's it's a very. I mean, I, I, I you know. Given that I, I live in the same apartment, I've been, I've been seeing how you know how these ideas have evolved from either conversations that we have had or questions that we have had ask each other, uh, and I mean I, I think it's it's very fascinating, uh, you know, the things that she has found so far uh, with you know, kind of like the limited time we have uh, for <laughs> for doing this kind of, uh, taking this kind of endeavor. And, and that's one of the, you know, one of the reasons I, I wanted her to, not only to come into the show to talk about this project, which is something that she's also doing as part of her, you know, work at, as, as a board member as Haffrey, of Haffrey, uh, but also in the sense that, so we mentioned this, Luciano and I mentioned this when we did the reboot of the show around episode 19, I think was it. Uh, and, and jazz has kind of like mentioned it a couple of times already in this episode, but it's the, the capsules and, but the capsules, we mean that some of the findings that jazz is getting from this, uh, project that she's getting, uh, She's basically gonna record short, uh, short sets of findings, uh, in which you know she's basically gonna create a story of, or or it's gonna tell a, a short story of of these figures or these events or these institutions uh, that she that she finds and of course the first one it's going to be Benito Juarez because why not uh but also you know and it actually going to contain some of those aspects of the Benito Juarez story that I actually uh, you know you weren't aware uh, uh and I certainly wasn't aware 
Uh, I mean, yeah, and I, I also want to talk about the Cristero uh, War uh, in Mexico, um, about Borges also as a writer. And, Jorge Luis Borges, Jorge Luis Borges, the poet. The writer, yeah. And how, you know, his secularism, his atheism influenced his writing. Um, and Juem also knows that I am a big fan of Enrique Taboada. Uh, who is uh, who was a Mexican uh, director, movie director, and most of his movies are uh, um, you know include a discussion about skepticism. So I would like also to well, not only that, but he also made a movie literally about the Cristero War. <laughs> yeah, he made a movie about the Cristero War. That I mean, we should do an episode of how we tried to find that movie yeah, it was really <laughs> because it, it was eventually sort of unofficially banned and finding a copy of that movie was... So when we were looking for that movie, we also found uh, some uh, other movies that were banned, like um, from from that time in Mexico, from the 40s, 50s, yeah. I don't know. So it, become, it became like a quest for us to get it. I think I would be interested in hearing more about movies and like media that features Hispanic non-believers. I know that a really modern example is a show One Day at a Time, which has a Cuban veteran who is an agnostic. And there's there's a whole episode kind of tied around it. And the second season is going to be up in a couple of weeks on Netflix. But it's just, it was a one-off. The rest of the season, they mentioned it maybe once or twice. So while it was good, like they didn't they didn't want to rock the boat that much. That they that they actually made it like a real story arc. They just had it as like a one off thing, which is kind of frustrating. Mm, that's super interesting. I didn't know about it, and I already took a note. <laughs> and so one, so I think before we close, I think one aspect that I would like you to give us a little more uh, flesh out is the crowdsourcing aspect of your project. Yes, there is a crowdsourcing aspect, and I opened an email account that is called Secular, Secular Lyco Project at gmail.com, and please all um, the listeners of, of this podcast, of the Benito Juarez Experience, please feel free to send me uh, names, events, movies, books um, that have influenced your secular perspective. And uh, also about, uh, you know, Latinos, Latinas uh, that you may know uh, that have written about their, their secular identity before that we don't know about, especially um, Hispanic women. And again, the, the email is secularlaicoproject at gmail.com. S-E-C-U-L-A-R-L-A-I-C-O project at gmail.com And I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you. All right. Well, in order to close out today's episode, as usual, I have some questions that I would like for any of our listeners who are interested to answer. I would like for you guys to tell us if you know of any resources that we might not be aware of that revolve around secular Latin history. Also, do you have any specific questions that, if possible, you would like to get answered now that we have you thinking about 
this topic, which is something that a lot of people probably don't think about unless it's their specific area of interest or their specific research focus. So I am actually uh, working on releasing a Google form, um, well, like yeah, like the Google Forms document, where I have three different questions. Um, if we can hold a little bit on that, uh, uh, that would be great because I want as soon as I have it ready for the for the capsules, we I can share it so people can uh, see the the specific questions I am talking about um, regarding um, our secular identity as Latinos and Latinas. And of course, uh, and of course, uh, to close, remember, like the podcast in Facebook, follow us on Twitter, review it, subscribe it. Good reviews, by the way, are better than bad reviews. I think that goes without saying. This has been Juan Navarro Rivera. And Luciano Gonzalez. And thank you for uh, showing up here, Dr. Trejo. This has been a pleasure, and have a nice day, you all. Thank you so much for the invitation. I had a lot of fun. It was great having you. We hope to have you again. Thank you, Luciano.